AM 1240 KNEM, 97.5 FM, KNMO in Nevada. It's time for Tiger Talk on Double K Country. It's our weekly discussion of Nevada Tiger football with head coach Wes Beachler. Tiger Talk is brought to you by 54 Feed and Seed, 54 Veterinary Clinic, American Family Insurance Agent Jan Tate, Buzz's Barbecue, El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, Emory's Truck Stop, Ferry Funeral Home, First National Bank, MyNevadaMo.com, Nevada Auto Mall, Nevada Family Dentistry, Peerless Products, Smith Insurance Agency, Sutherland's Home Base, The Plumbing Shop, and Thorpe's Appliances. Let's now join the voice of the Nevada Tigers, Mike Harbett for Tiger Talk. And a very pleasant good everybody and welcome to the Nevada Tiger Talk program here on AM 1240 KDM on the Voice of the Tigers. Mike Harbin, thanks for joining us. If you were listening to St. Louis Cardinal Baseball here on AM 1240 KDM, obviously we have interrupted that, but if you wanted to continue to listen to that, just go to our sister station, 97.5 FM KNMO. The broadcast of the Cardinals continues on that side, again on 97.5 FM KNMO, while we are going to switch over to the Nevada Tiger Talk program, our weekly coaches show here tonight on this Wednesday evening and uh, get set to talk Nevada Tiger football and also another guest for us a little bit later on tonight as well and that'll be Nevada Lady Tiger head softball coach Danny Penn we're going to talk about the Nevada softball program a little bit later on in the program tonight as well again I'm Mike Harb appreciate you joining us tonight it's our second Nevada Tiger talk of the season and so we get set to talk about high school athletics at Nevada certainly a lot of interesting things going on right now trying to get things ramped up ready to go big night last Friday night for the uh, Tiger football team breaking out 16-game losing streak, going on the road, knocking off Logan Rogersville 38-26, to and now getting ready for their home opener against the Hollister Tigers, a team they've never seen before, and that'll be played again on Friday at Logan Field beginning at 7. We'll set you up for that a little bit later on. We've got a lot of broadcasts coming up as well with Nevada Lady Tigers softball. In fact, that'll be tomorrow. We're 0 for 2 in that department. Weather's wiped out both broadcasts and their games. They were supposed to play on Monday and Tuesday. They're going to try again tomorrow when they're home against Reed Spring, and we get Nevada Lady Tiger Volleyball on the underway tomorrow night on Nevada Mode TV and NevadaModeTV.com when Nevada plays host to Mount Vernon. Nevada Lady Tiger Tennis got underway yesterday, did so with the loss, unfortunately, 6-3 to Monette. And still to come, the uh, start of the seasons for Nevada uh, Lady Tiger uh, Golf as well as cross country for the Tigers and Lady Tigers. Nevada Tiger Swimming competed yesterday at the All Relays of Meet uh, in Springfield. We have not received any results on that as of yet, but hopefully head coach Clay Wheeler will be able to get us some information and sometimes those events are uh, those are kind of a prelim, a season opening meet. They don't really keep uh, track of times and or they keep track of times, but not place finishes and, and not really keeping a record of it. Just giving the swimmers a chance to get in the pool and get some early times in. So that could be the case with that event. But uh, we'll see if that goes. Clay Wheeler gets us any information on that. A little bit later on. I got a message that uh, head coach Wet Speechler of the Nevada Tiger football program is on his way. So that's why I'm kind of tap dancing here a little bit, waiting for him to arrive. Apparently a little bit late in practice tonight. So uh, he is into, he has sent me a message saying he is on his way. And as soon as he gets here, we'll be talking Nevada Tiger football. So we'll go ahead and take that time out. Hoping we come back after this two minute break, we'll be here and we'll be ready to talk Tiger football for you on this Wednesday night on the Nevada Tiger Talk program on AM 1240 KNDM. Thanks for joining us. 
You're at a place you'd like to write a check, but you know if you do, you'll get grilled. Do you have a driver's license? Do you have a job? A social security number? Why go through that? Use your debit card. It's easier and more convenient than writing a check. The First National Bank, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Now with ATM locations at Murphy's USA next to the Walmart parking lot, Wood Supermarket at 1407 West Austin in Nevada, and the First National Bank on the Nevada Square. Here at Thorpe's Appliances, we support our community. Each year, we commit to giving back through donations such as supporting the Vernon County Youth Fair, delivering Christmas baskets for the Elks, or sponsoring your kids' local ball team. Over the past few weeks, you have returned the favor. In times like these, when you're stuck at home, seeing a leaky dishwasher, or hearing a squealing dryer, it's good to know you can trust the guy down the street. You don't need to go out of town to receive quality sales and services. Thorpe's Appliances, since 1945. Thorpe's Appliances, your locally owned exclusive Whirlpool dealer. Twice a year is a minimum. You owe it to yourself. A checkup with Dr. Travis Jackson at Nevada Family Dentistry. New patients are always accepted. Call today for an appointment at 667-3006. Nevada Family Dentistry offers you the highest level of dental care available in a warm, comfortable environment with services for all ages. They are now your local source for dental implants. Open Tuesday, 8.30 to noon and 1 to 5. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8.30 to 1 and 2 to 5. Nevada Family Dentistry, 667-3006 at 402 East Walnut in Nevada. When it comes to choosing the best insurance company to protect your life's most valuable possessions, trust one of Missouri's oldest and strongest mutuals, CFM Insurance. I'm Monty Smith, owner of Smith Insurance, and I am proud to partner with CFM Insurance, who's provided strength, stability, and exceptional protection for Missouri families since 1869. I'm confident that together we can build your perfect CFM homeowners, farm owners, or countryside policy to protect what you've worked so hard to achieve generations to come. Let's grow together. Call 417-667-1828 for a quote or stop by our new office location at 100 South Pruitt Street, Suite B in Nevada. And welcome back to Tiger Talk on this Wednesday. As promised, uh, Nevada Tiger football coach Wes Beachler has made his way here, fresh from practice, and uh, he did his 40-yard sprint into the building. How are you? Good, Mike. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. Uh, uh, things going well this week? Has gone pretty well. Wasn't wasn't uh, overly pleased with practice on Tuesday. Had a few guys missing um, for various reasons, and that always kind of, you know, makes it a little more difficult when you're – you know, people, I think, sometimes don't understand when coaches talk about, you know, missing practice. I think sometimes kids and people think it's it's not a big deal. Now you're plugging people in. You're trying to get things rolling. And so yesterday, you know, that, that caused us some, some uh, I would say, lack in progressing towards the game plan. But I, I thought today was, was really, really crisp on offense. Uh, of course, they're going to present a lot of challenges. You know, a team that plays Monette that close is going to present everybody challenges. But uh, and, and I think defense, um, although alignment was a bit of a concern, um, there was I thought our linebacker play was really good, and and so I think we're we're, we're going to round things off tomorrow and be ready to go. Well, we're going to go back and talk about last week in this segment. We got some we got some highlights to run back. Yes, we do, and uh, we're going to run here in just a second. But before we do that, let's just kind of do a quick overview and uh, basically how fun was that on Friday night? Thirty-eight twenty-six win over Logan Rogersville. And, and two-part question: Obviously, there's still at least nine games to play this season. But uh, how much uh, did that lift a weight off your so- shoulders winning that opener? And uh, and I've never really talked to you about a six, the sixteen game losing streak. Just I didn't just only part of it. But how much was there kind of a weight uh, off your shoulders at the end of that game? Well, I think Mike last year to some degree with all the injuries we had, especially early. I know people have probably remember us talking about this, and but we lost five starters before the first game. 
and four of those were non-football related injuries. And, and that's a pretty tough way to start a season. And then when it, they just kept – we kept shuffling the lineup every week with more and more injuries. I mean, we we knew it was going to be a tough road to hoe, but we knew we had to get some kids ready every week. We, and, and we were hoping that we would reap the benefits of that this year. So, as far as um, being a weight lifted, I, I understand – it probably was to some degree, maybe more so for the kids and for me personally as a coach, because I, I think the fun part of, of coaching for me is still practice, preparing for the game, teaching kids to be better football players. That's still the fun part. And then you got to execute well on Friday and whatever happens, happens. We talk about this all the time, like you can execute well and still get beat by a better team that's executing well. But all you can control is yourself. And I think it was just fun to win the ball game. It's, it's always fun to go out. The biggest takeaway I had was how well we executed when we needed to make plays in the fourth quarter. We got stops when we needed it. We got a, we got a pick when we needed it. We got sacks when we needed it. We scored touchdowns when we needed them. Uh, and I think that was the biggest thing, even more fun than a win. But, you know, I was talking to somebody, I don't remember who it was, uh, this week. And I told him, I said, you know, I have some coaching friends that say, they, they they don't really enjoy the wins anymore. They just agonize over the losses. If I ever get to a point where I'm not enjoying the wins, I think that's time to go. Because I mean, you know, some people probably thought we some of our kids overdid it. You're supposed to you're supposed to enjoy executing well and winning ball games, and it, and it does suck to lose them. And so when you if if you stop enjoying the wins, I wouldn't know why you would do this. So um, proud of our kids. We enjoyed it, and I I just appreciate the execution more than the final outcome. Well, it was a great night of football to watch. And, uh, again, Nevada, uh, after, you know, it was a game that didn't – and we're going to – and this is going to kind of segue to the highlights because uh, we're going to kind of pick it up after this point. It did not start well. Uh, and uh, And I don't know if there was an alignment issue or on the kickoff return or whatever. It looked like maybe they were too far back and maybe Logan Rogersville picked that up, maybe audible to an onside kick, recovered it, go down and uh, – well, you end up holding them on fourth down, but still not a, uh, inside the five-yard line, but still not a great way to start the ball game. And uh, that certainly could have started a domino effect, but it didn't. Well, I mean, our defense did a great job, but it kind of did, Mike, because when we – that kind of took us off our game a little bit. We got the stop, then we couldn't move the ball out yeah. of there, and then they got good field position and yeah, scored their right. first touchdown. So it it did kind of hurt us a little bit. But some young guys in that front group, I was yelling at them to scoot up, and a couple of them looked at me and scoot up like a yard or two, and I meant scoot up about <laughs> eight to ten yards. But, uh, yeah, and, and I don't know either. I think a lot of times teams plan on onside kicking the first game of the year, and I think – it was probably it may have been a you know tip of the hat or something. And when they saw us lined up six yards deeper than we should have been, they may have touched the hat and said, "Let's go, let's onside it." But uh, yeah, not a not a great way to start. But we got those guys uh, straightened out this week, and I don't see that happening again. Well, and uh, did the fortunes did eventually change as you mentioned? Uh, they did score the first touchdown of the ball game as they were able to score with Zach Bergman scoring on a two-yard run, six nothing. However, how I still thought it was a big stop on that first one. They got down, you know, first and goal, and you're able to stop them on a fourth down play. May have had a little question marks about their play call on fourth down, but whatever. Uh, but still, to come up with that stop, uh, that had to be. I mean, it had to be a heck of an emotional lift, anyway. Yeah, that, I mean, we those were things we didn't do last year. I mean, we did we did a lot of things. Of course, you know, we talked about this um, on a different media outlet. That this is all the best media outlet in, the, in <laughs> Southwest Missouri. We all know that, but we talked about that early day. Just just how much better we looked 
in executing when we needed to. And we didn't get those stops last year. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we got it this year. And like you said, the, the play calling, but hey, we stopped the play they called, and that's what that's the important thing. Well, 6 nothing as they did jump out on top. But Nevada regrouped, scored the next 20. And, in fact, uh, we, we spent a lot of time talking about, of course, uh, Caden Denny being back in the lineup after missing about 95% of the season a year ago, going down the first quarter of game one last week, or last year, I should say. Well, he showed what kind of a talent he is in the first quarter as he certainly lit it up for Nevada with a minute 20 to go in the first quarter of play, scoring on this 62-yard run. Yeah. We'll call a third down and four yards to go from the just shy of the Nevada 39-yard line. Denny will get the handoff on the sweep around the left side. Gets the 40-yard line, breaking a tackle. He's in open grass. Across the 45-50, breaks the tackle. Far sideline, 35. Foot race, 25-20. Side steps the tackler to the 10. Five. Touchdown. Touchdown, Nevada. And we're tied at six on a touchdown run that goes for 62 yards for Caden Denny. What? Welcome back to Tiger Football, Caden Denny. Absolutely. 62-yard run. We talked last week about what kind of threat you know he is back in the lineup, and certainly the speed was was the big thing. Unfortunately, did go down the second half. You can tell us whatever you want to do, whatever you want to tell us about that uh, with uh, going down the second half. But uh, still, what a way to electrify your offense. Well, you know, we talked about a lot last year that uh, you know the win kind of came out of our kids last year when he got hurt in the first quarter, and that's another thing that I saw this year. Our kids weren't happy or pleased by any stretch of the imagination when he got nicked up in the fourth quarter this year, but other kids came in and picked up the slack and got after it, and that's that's something we didn't do last year either. But, yeah, he's just a – he's a phenomenal athlete, has great speed, and we always tell our line, hey, give him a crease and let him get in space and see what happens. And there's not very many kids that match up with him athletically in our conference. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he gets a one-on-one matchup, if, if he – Sometimes they've got him out numbered three to one. He finds a way to get through him. And then when it turns into a foot race, there's not very many going to catch him. So, yeah, it's it's good to have him in the backfield run the ball again. Well, while we're on the subject, did he go down with the leg injury in the second half? Uh, any word? We just day by day and see how he's doing and how he's progressing. All right, we'll see what happens uh, as the days go on. And uh, we'll leave it at that uh, and uh, talk about the next score for Nevada. came <coughs> – Barbie came uh, almost midway through the second quarter of play, and this time another long run. This young man who uh, got on the field, uh, obviously a lot more than maybe expected a year ago as a freshman, coming back as a sophomore, now uh, starting in the offensive backfield, back at the tailback position, and he showed why. Not only can he run, he's also got some power. That sophomore, Case Henderson, he scores with 7.04 to go in the first half. This one from 58 yards out. 26-yard pickup on the play, first and 10 for Nevada. Counter action in the backfield. The handoff goes to Sanderson. Breaks some more tackles. Specks another at the 15. He's in open territory. He's going to go to the house. He's at the 20, the 15, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Nevada. Touchdown, run, Nevada. The touchdown that goes for 58 yards. Put six on the board for Nevada. A couple of things about that. He got to the second level. He ran over a guy or two on his way through the secondary. And then once he got about, uh, oh, about to. I don't know, maybe 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. There was nobody there uh, the remainder of the way. And, uh, of course, he had to be able to get to that spot. And uh, certainly kudos to your offensive line that, and throughout the entire ball game uh, as uh, they did a well of a job. And then second and third effort getting extra yards that time, getting the secondary 58 yards. Yeah, and we and we talk a lot to our backs about running hard and making one guy miss. And we always say the best we can do for you is our quarterback can carry out a boot fake to maybe hold a guy or two. And then we've got nine blockers left to block nine guys. And so the best we can do for you is get you one-on-one. But uh, the thing that jumps out at me on that play was Cartman Hiley had to jump over 
a linebacker that was blitzing and fell down in the hole. Cartman jumps over him and picks up another linebacker. And then Omar Vargas, the backside guard, found a way to get through all that trash and get a block downfield. And then Case, as you said, made a couple guys miss as well. So great effort by our offensive line. Um, and, you know, we got some athletic kids, Mike. You know, Omar Vargas is a very athletic lineman. Mm-hmm. Not not very big, probably. I don't know. Roster probably says one eighty five, one ninety. You know, but he's he's pretty athletic. Cartman Hiley's probably a one ninety five, two hundred, two hundred five type kid. I don't I don't ever look at their weights. I just watch how they play. And but athletic and was able to make some, those two made key blocks. And when you give our backs a little bit of space, they're going they, they can usually make a guy miss. Like you said, Case is more of a power guy, where Denny's more of a spin guy or juke guy. But Denny and, and Cheney like the stiff arms, too, so they got a little bit of power in them, too. But just an attitude running and a good job by the offensive line. Two-point conversion was no good. And by the way, we'll go back to the previous uh, two-point conversion try. It's actually the only one Nevada got during the night. But it was a heck of a play by uh, on the first touchdown. I should have mentioned this. I had my wrong notes. Riley Trotter going up and getting one on the back guy, on the back line and managed, managed to get a foot in and uh, getting two big points there after that first score. Yeah, and that's, and that's something that we – are not overly concerned about, but we're aware of at this point that we weren't very successful on two-point conversions. So I think we'll be ready for that this week. Yeah, we're going to uh, – so you already you pretty much already spoke about it because obviously that's a lot of points uh, left off the board yeah. uh, with those two-point conversions that didn't go. But uh, Nevada at that point led 14-6 to with 7.04 to go in the first half of play. Nevada get the ball back, uh, had a couple of timeouts still to work with, eventually faced a fourth and goal – just over a minute to go from the one-yard line in the first half of play. Of course, Nevada's going to go for it, and this is the play that got them in the end zone just before the end of the first half. Ball on the near hash mark. Fourth down and less than a yard to the end zone for Nevada. Fourth and goal inside the one-yard line. Both teams out of timeouts. Two receivers lined up to the left. There's a lot of green grass to the right. Ball will be handed off to Sanderson. Tries right tackle, putting his head down, reaches for the end zone. Touchdown! Touchdown! Case Sanderson, his second score of the half, and Nevada with a 20 to 6 lead with 110 to go in the half. A one yard touchdown run by the sophomore, Case Sanderson. I figured there was two plays you had a choice of that you were going to go with. They're either the power play to the right or the or the reverse action with the inside handoff back to back to the left. You went power and uh, it looked like they knew it was coming because they stacked it and you still managed to get in. Yeah, and that's that's something that we were aware of towards the end of the first half there is how they were overplaying the power to the right. Of course, we liked it. I mean, we have three different plays that go that way, and the differences are very subtle. But they they were definitely aware of that we wanted to go off tackle behind Mashek and Trotter a lot. Um, so they did have it loaded up, and we were able to take advantage of that later in the game. So it was good to see that defense against that formation um, at that point in the game and still get the touchdown out of it. And the play prior to that, you actually had a you had a two-place prior to that. You had a second and goal from the 16-yard line because of a holding penalty to push it back to the 16-yard line. Uh, Denny runs a 15-yarder down to inside the one. That's where he ended up being and then punch it in from the one-yard line. But, again, a lot of comparisons between this year and, the, and last year. You get a holding penalty in that situation last year. I don't know you recovered from that. This time you did. Yeah, and it just shows the character of our kids. And, you know, we talked about this a lot, Mike, last week. It's just the, the, the senior class's leadership ability and the fight in our kids is extremely different than we've had in recent past. They, they, just, they just approach it a different way, and it's good to see. Nevada had a 20-6 to lead going to the locker room at halftime. Logan Rogersville did get the ball first to begin the uh, second half of play. 
And they were able to go right down the field and score at 936. Didn't take them long. 936 to go in the third quarter. Three-yard run by Bergman, his second score of the night. They convert the two-point conversion to get back within six at 20-16. to But, again, this is something we talked about that Coach did at the beginning of the program, and that was the ability to answer. And Nevada did with 406 to go in the third quarter. This time they went to a new source, Eli Cheney, able to score from one yard out. Uh, actually, a uh, uh, We'll get to here in just a second as he scores on one yard out, and that puts Nevada back up 26-20. to 20. Actually, before we get to that, the play that set that up, that's why I was getting confused on my notes. One of these days i got to do better notes. <laughs> but uh, there was a play before that that actually set up that touchdown, and a lot of people are going to remember it because he actually made a defensive play first before he ends up running it in. Let's run that defensive play back first. Ball in the center of the field. Rogersville going left to right. O'Neill back to pass. He's under pressure. Now flush to the near side, running. O'Neill throws it down the near side. Ball tipped, intercepted by Nevada at the 45-yard line. That's Eli Cheney, 35-30. Gets it up to the 25-yard line. Still inbounds across the 20 to the 15. Takes it down the 11-yard line. Eli Cheney with the tip drill. Makes the interception of the 45-yard line. Returns it all the way back to the Logan Rogersville 11. Wow. And kudos to Jace Lee, who actually got the tip and got it up in the air. And then Cheney picks it and returns it back. Nice run back, uh, as we said. And uh, talk about that defensive play first before we get to the touchdown. Well, again, um, we talked about this a lot, and I hope it continues. I hope it's a trend and not a – not a one-night thing, but a bunch of young men where they're supposed to be on defense. You know, rather than losing track of where they're out on the field in a situation, they're drifting to where they're supposed to be. Their eyes are on the quarterback. You know, we, we have, you know, in certain coverages, we have a, we'll have an inside linebacker. If the quarterback starts to scramble, he'll come down inside, and everyone's got to float over the top of that. you got to roll that direction. So I, I just think it's a good job by a bunch of young men being locked in and practicing, being where they're supposed to be. And when you're where you're supposed to be, good things can happen. Two plays later, Cheney's able to cash in on his own turnover. This is the one we were talking about as he runs it in with uh, 6.52 left fourth quarter of play. Highly splitting wide to the right side, again in the pistol wing formation. Beachler hands it off to Cheney. Right tackle, five-yard line, follows his blockers to the goal line. Touchdown! Touchdown, Nevada, five-yard touchdown run. Eli Cheney coming off of his own interception. He's able to get to the pay dirt, and Nevada at six is 32-20 to 20 in favor of the Tigers. So just to reset it for you, because I kind of got ahead of myself there a little bit. Cheney earlier had a one-yard run. I skipped over that. Uh, it made it 26-14, Nevada. O'Neill had run in one in from seven for uh, Logan Rogersville. Make it 26-20, and then... The interception by Cheney followed by the five-yard run. That made it 32-20, to and that was key because at this point, Logan Rogersville has quite a bit of momentum. They very seriously could have come down and really made you have a problem, but that interception followed by the touchdown really was kind of the, the final. It wasn't the final bullet, it was, but it was a big one down the stretch. Yeah, just we've touched on it a couple times now, Mike, but the, the kids' ability to answer when they scored – I thought was huge because when when you got them down twenty to six at halftime and they make they get back within one score and then you put it two scores again they get back within one score and you put it two scores again that that wears a team out you know they 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 think they're getting back in it they they want to get a stop and they can't get that stop and they and they keep playing catch up um, and you know, we talked a lot about the cramping issue we had but I kept telling our kids hey look they're not cramping as much as we are but look at them and you'd see them with their hands on their knees hands on their hips they were getting tired too so. Uh, we, we our ability to answer was was impressive. They did come right back though. Logan Rogersville wasn't wasn't going to go away. They scored a 38 yard touchdown pass from JJ O'Neill to Kobe Rasmussen. 
Two-point conversion, though, no good. So Nevada had still had a six-point lead at 32-26. to 26. But they then put the final nail in the coffin with just over two minutes to play. Again, uh, going forward on fourth and nine from the Logan Rogersville 12-yard line. Nevada gets that knockout blow, and this time they go to the air. Pistol lane formation on his fourth down play. Hand off to Sanderson. No, play action. A pass by Beachley in the end zone. Was it caught? It looks they like say, it. Yes, touchdown! Riley Trotter coming up with the acrobatic catch in the end zone. It took a while for the officials to decide. And then the wow. hands went up, and Nevada scores. Wow. And put six on the board with 2-1 to go. And the two-point conversion again failed, so that made the final 38 to 26. But what a play um, uh, to get your final score of the night. Well, I mean, we've seen all night, Mike. Of course, we like to run the football, which is no big secret to anybody, including the people we play. And we saw in earlier possessions on third down and medium, fourth down and medium, that they were they would almost have 11 guys in the box. And so that was a big fourth and nine. Um, we know the safety's been playing the line of scrimmage. He's been in run support the whole drive. And that, that's a pass play where we try to slip our right side tight end past the safety when he attacks the line of scrimmage and Raleigh got behind him. Um, Dylan will tell you it wasn't his best ball he's ever thrown that pass play. But sometimes quarterbacks will tell you when a guy's that wide open, all you want to do is not miss it. You know, you don't want to step back and just gun it and miss it. So I think he kind of short-armed it to try to just kind of lob it. In hindsight, he probably should have just stuck it on him, but he was wide open, but he just threw a little bit to the back shoulder and Riley made a great catch on the play. And I've seen several angles of that film and talked to the official on our side, you know, Friday night right after that play, and he said he could not see that the nose of the ball ever touched the ground. He thought our, he thought mm-hmm. our kid, Riley, did a real good job of, tall of, grass. Get, of getting his forearm <laughs> under it. Yeah, and it, you know, sometimes when you have the speed we have, of course everybody knows how fast Denny is, but Chaney's pretty mm-hmm. fast too. And you go on the road, and their grass is about six inches taller than most football fields. You kind of wonder if there's not a little bit of – but they had some speed too, so I'm not saying that was necessarily yeah. the case. But it is probably the tallest grass field I can remember playing on in the past four or five years. It was pretty pretty was tall. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen a night where you couldn't see anybody's shoes. And yeah, even for where I was sitting up high, up high yeah. it, it was tall. But it, same for everybody, and uh, uh, certainly didn't slow the offensive down, uh, 38-26 being the – the final score. We've talked a lot about offense, and I promise next year, next week I'll do a much better job on the highlights. Kind of my, got a couple of scores there crossed up, but uh, we've talked a lot about the, the offense. Let's talk about the defensive side of the football because uh, they certainly had their moments, especially in the fourth quarter uh, when everybody's you know it was, it was hot, it was warm, it was, it was muggy. You're battling, uh, you're battling cramps, but uh, your defense came up with some big stops, and they just harassed, especially your DNs, Trotter and Bishore, uh harassed uh, JJ O'Neill all night. Well, those two, we kind of make light of it a little bit, but sometimes Trotter and Bishore can frustrate you because they kind of they'll forget exactly where they're supposed to be. But one thing you can always count on from those two is their motor is going. When the ball snapped, they're getting after it. And I thought those two did an awesome job, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. I think Trotter may have had back-to-back sacks at some point. Now, I know Bishore had one in the fourth quarter, too. That was huge on a third down play. Um, and then we, then we had some surprising moments like, uh, Braden Koning's a very undersized sophomore. He was a DN. We moved an outside linebacker. We put him for a pass rush and he's the one that flushed O'Neill out of the pocket one time because he just shot through there really fast. They weren't ready for somebody that quick. And O'Neill runs out of the pocket and runs right into Trotter. So, um, and then I thought Kenneth Johnson, um, uh, sophomore 
defensive lineman didn't play a lot last year, provides some pass rush. Uh, Blake Pryor, another yep. senior that came out, provides some pass rush for us. And, and you got to understand, Mike, I know you do with, to the listeners, the kids that get the sack is always a good thing, but a lot of times it'll be another kid that puts the pressure that forces the quarterback one way or the other into the arms of somebody else. So it was a very, it was a group effort to keep O'Neal running around. And also when a quarterback's running around and trying to find somewhere to go, it's hard to get your eyes downfield. So great job there. I thought our secondary was much improved. You know, two more young men that – Probably we're going into the game thinking I'm going to be a special teams guy and do a lot of watching with Trent Otter and Drew Beachler at corner. And then when we had a few injuries, those two played most of the second half. You know, they were giving up some big cushions. But if I was a sophomore, not really sure I was going to play, I get thrown <laughs> out there against the passing game they had, I'd probably be given a pretty soft cushion too. But they played really well. I thought Forkner did a good job. We talked about him last week back there in the secondary. And our linebackers we knew were solid. You know, Sanderson, Moore, Chaney, Lee, Wesley Balk, Logan Marcourt, we knew that crew was pretty solid, and they proved they were pretty solid Friday night. And uh, that they were. Jace Lee, uh, according to the numbers I saw today, led you with 10 tackles, uh, uh, one unassisted, had the tip pass we talked about, uh, went in the arms of Cheney. Uh, let's take a look at some of the numbers because there are some impressive numbers here. Uh, number one, passing, uh, four for five. Didn't throw it a lot, 80%, obviously. Uh, and as you already said, you know, sometimes the pass wasn't exactly there, but the receivers, they made the play. Carmen Hiley makes a catch on a ball, probably that should have been intercepted mm-hmm. by O'Neill. It goes through his hands. Hiley's there to make the play on it. End up with a what, 26-yard play on it. And, and that actually kept a touchdown drive alive. As a matter of fact, I think he might have yep. scored. That was, in, fact, in fact, it was the next play that Sanderson scored on that 58-yard run. Uh, so four for five on some plays where the receivers had to kind of come up with some big plays. Yeah, and that's one thing you know, we talked about, Mike a lot last year, the ability to throw the ball is also pass protection and receivers that can catch it and make plays. And, and our receivers did that, and our pass protection was there. Now, granted, when you only throw it five times, you don't expect a lot of sacks. We had no sacks. We had no turnovers on offense, and we had kids making plays. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to have those things. You know, when you have no turnovers, not very many penalties, and you have kids making plays, you're, you're going to have some, some fun on Friday nights, and that's what we were able to do. And rushing game was fantastic. Caden Denny, 211 yards rushing, 11 carries. Sanderson, 16 carries, 110 yards. But the, the two big numbers, I think, are the 396 yards rushing you had total. But maybe even more importantly was the fact you averaged over 10 yards a carry. Well, that's something that, you know, um, I, I love our alumni, man. I love the mm-hmm. kids that played for me in the past year. I, I had three players from the 2011-2012 seasons text me on the way home and one of their first comments was old school Nevada football, you know, running the football, almost 400 yards rushing, you know, like you said, 10 yards a pop. Now part of that is Denny getting in space when you have somebody that athletic, but you know, back at that time we had another Denny getting in space and we had Dalton Hendren getting in space and Lucas Denman getting in space. So that's what it's all about. You've got to have a line creating a scene for those guys and your athletes get in space and it's fun to watch. So it was. I hope we can continue to execute at a high level. I'm sure there's going to be ups and downs over the season because I was, you know, I was talking earlier today from left tight end to right tackle, we're still all sophomores and juniors. So there's going to be some mistakes on times. We're going to get beat on matchups once in a while, but I thought our kids have improved dramatically mm-hmm. since last year. Well, and uh, one of the I think one of the stark differences also, again, from last year this year is depth especially in your skill positions you had a couple of guys go down but here comes Eli Cheney off the bench to fill in the end of the backfield other guys who helped out you, you know you had pieces to go in for you 
correct. And, you know, and we talked about Kenneth Johnson, Ray, but he was able to spell both our defensive tackles, Meshek and Higgins, uh, when they were on defense. So we could have Meshek and Higgins play in both of our tackle spots on offense all the time. You know, we talked about Blake Pryor coming out and, and being able to provide some support at the end. Um, you know, Trey Moore uh, is another kid that came in for Denny and had a couple big runs. Just He's not as shifty or speedy as Denny, but he runs the ball hard and hits the alley quickly. Um you know, Cartman Hiley being back out is a big help at tight end. And now we've got Trotter and Hiley and Noah B. Shore rotating those three, rotating at both uh, at the two tight end spots. So the, the depth is a good thing. And our depth gets even better, particularly in our defensive secondary this week because we're going to have some guys back that didn't have enough practices mm-hmm. last week. So we're, it's going to be a little bit better depth in that secondary this week. Unfortunately, Wes Balk went down uh, in the first half of the ball in a, during the contest. Logan Marquardt comes in, does a nice job uh, in that middle linebacker spot. So uh, what would you think of his play? And uh, people may be wondering about Wes. Well, I mean, um, Wes is another one that we're um, not real certain about right now. I probably will not play this week. We'll just see how things progress there as well. But um, I, I thought – I. Th- I don't think or thought, I know <laughs> that Logan Marcor is probably one of the most coachable players we have, and we have a lot of them. And he just, he, he is, he's a pleaser, which in a good way, he's going to try to do what you want him to do to the best of his ability every time. And it's, it, it, you know, of course, with, with Wesley being out, it's going to force him to be in there at fullback some more. But he's very coachable and capable young man. We're looking forward to seeing him continue to develop as well. I'm, I'm curious about uh, back at school this week, and obviously you're working in a different environment in school right now with uh, well, all the social distancing and the COVID-19 protocols and everything else that's going on this week, and people know what's in the news uh, this week at the, at the high school. But I'm, I'm wondering if you could kind of, and again, I, I know it's only week one, but could you see, you talk about getting excitement back in this program. Could you see it in the hallways this week? You know, I, I don't know, Mike. I think a lot of times um, – Number one, I'm not in the hallways yes, a lot. Right, you're not um, like to, you're like in your to be in be in be in the weight room and <laughs> and uh, of course you know this time of year too with school starting up there's there's all kinds of emails there's all kinds of stuff to deal with making sure players have enough practices and my, my coaching staff does an awesome job of taking things off my plate but uh, I, I think the hallways have been really good. I think there's a lot of spirit I think there's a lot of tiger pride. Um, not not just from football notching a win, but I, I think there's a lot of kids excited to be back at school, and I and I think that's important. You know, I think it's I think the face to face interactions, I think kids being in school is a is a great thing, and I, and I think our hallways prove that there there are a lot of kids you can just tell are, are happy to be around their friends back in school. Um, I'm not so sure when they get a lot of assignments are very happy, like we all were very happy when we yeah. were that age. But it, there's just a general excitement just to be back in school after the long hiatus last spring and. I think that there's there's just a lot of pride. I think sometimes um, when the leaders of your school are, are proud of where they go to school and, and what they're doing, I think that kind of transcends to everybody. And, I, and I, I think I see a lot of that this year when I am in the hallways, which I do have lunch duty, um, supervision, whatever you want to call that. And uh, I think there are a lot of kids that are that are good kids, positive kids, and they feel good about the high school situation. They're trying hard to make things work. So, it's yeah, it's been a good overall environment. 38-26 was the final. Nevada wins their first game of the season over Logan Rogersville. But, of course, you got to put it behind you and get ready for week two. And that means the Hollister Tigers. And uh, that's a program that played, as uh, Wes already mentioned, a good Monette team pretty tough uh, a week ago. And we'll come back and talk about Hollister after this timeout on Tiger Talk. At Nevada Auto Mall, we're always working hard to help bring you 
you the four states' best pre-owned inventory. Come check out this 2019 Ford EcoSport 4x4 with moonroof and navigation for $17,998 or $281 a month. Or how about this 2017 Chrysler Pacifica Touring L that's leather and loaded for $19,998 or $312 a month. Great vehicles like these and more are always at Nevada Auto Mall, the place where you get your deal. 4.9% 75 months with approved credit. Think you can't afford life insurance? Think again. You might be surprised at how affordable it can be. 80% of Americans overestimate the cost of life insurance. Maybe it's time to swap a few small expenses for some big peace of mind. Life insurance can protect what matters most, and it's the right thing to do. Let's talk today. For details, contact your American Family Insurance agent, Jan Tate. Call 417-667-2035 or stop by 906 North Osage Boulevard in Nevada today. When it comes to raising cattle, the path to profit is paved with great nutrition. And great nutrition is what you get when you choose Purina. Come to 54 Feed and Seed and ask what we can do to boost your bottom line by improving your herd's health. Start with our number one selling product, Avela 4 Tubs. Nothing compares to the unique formulation of chelated minerals all wrapped up in a bright red tub. Look for the checkerboard at 54 Feed and Seed west of Nevada on Highway 54. Fairy Funeral Home is proud to have served the Nevada and surrounding area since 1925 and continues to be locally owned and family run. Fairy Funeral Home is also a proud supporter of the area's youth and Nevada high school athletics. When times are hard and you need a kind hand with a familiar face, count on Fairy Funeral Home for the sincerity your family deserves. Fairy Funeral Home, three generations finding a better way to help. 301 South Washington in Nevada. Find them fast in names and numbers. The Plumbing Shop in Nevada would like to announce that they are your Navian hot water dealer. Navian systems offer more output for the money, lower installation costs, and lower operating costs for the homeowner. The Plumbing Shop also specializes in mostly commercial and new home builds. For a new Navian system in your commercial property or residential home, contact the Plumbing Shop at 417-667-1319. Keeping you out of hot water by keeping you in hot water. Back on Tiger Talk tonight on this uh, Wednesday night. Uh, thanks for joining us this evening. Talking with Nevada Tiger football coach Wes Beachler. In a little bit, I'll be visiting uh, with Nevada Lady Tiger softball uh, head coach uh, Danny Penn. They've been trying to get their season underway. They're 0 for 2 because of weather. And they'll try again tomorrow when they're home against Reed Spring. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on in the program. But now we uh, we move forward and get ready to talk about the Hollister Tigers. Hollister, who uh, has spent a lot of uh, time in the uh, the small school COC, of course, moved to the Big 8 Conference with several of these small school COCs a couple of years ago. This is a relatively new program that uh, has yet to post a winning season. Their their best campaign coming back in 2016 when they are 5-5. Five and five. Did go four and seven a year ago, but uh, as I'm sure you know, this is a, a team they have this year. They're excited about because they're returning 19 starters from a year ago. Yeah, I think Mike, I'm a, and you you do the research on that a lot more than I do. But I think it might be 20 of 22 starters are back. But it's it's 19 or 20. Either way, it's a lot of starters back. And I, the thing that shocks me, well, it doesn't shock me knowing Richie Adkins, their coach, but they're a very physical team. And you don't often see this. They they can drop back and throw the ball, but they can also line up and just ISO the dog out of you. I mean, they'll just line up and send a fullback through the hole, and they'll they'll run some veer like Cassville does and mix in with just old fashioned smash mouth eye football. So, 
you'll see that mixed with the passing game, which is somewhat hard to do, you know. But um, they've got a very good line. They got some really fast backs, so it'll, they'll present a lot of challenges. And on defense, they fly the ball really well and very disciplined. So it'll it'll be a challenge for sure. Lost twenty to thirteen uh, to Monette uh, last week. Uh, so from indications, that would mean a you know, pretty tough ball game, uh, giving the Cubs everything they want. We know what kind of program Monette has. Got a good quarterback uh, back this season. Again, we're not going to know a lot about these guys because this will be the first time we've ever played Hollister. But they got a senior back in Leighton Morgan. Tall, lanky guy, six foot three, one seventy. I watched a little bit of, of him on video today. Looks like he's got a pretty strong arm. Yeah, he's a good quarterback. Runs pretty well too. I mean, he's going to drop back and try to throw. He's strong arm. He's got. He's accurate. But if you flush him, he's not afraid to tuck it and run as well. So I don't know if he's quite as athletic as O'Neill. We saw last week, but he can run the football. Yeah, o- so yeah. O'Neill's a very pretty special runner. Yeah, he'll. It'll be. It'll be a challenge in this in an aspect. If you got to, you got to stay in your lanes as a pass rusher. Make sure you're not. DNs can't come underneath to the B gap and get pinned inside. Let him get around the corner. And then we're going to be disciplined in our coverages too. But I think the thing they're going to try to do first, and they did a lot in the Monette games, they're going to try to line up and run it downhill at you and just test you and see if you can handle smash mouth football first. So um, that'll be a challenge with Wes out. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously a very physical, tough inside linebacker, but um, we'll just have to have some kids step up and fill the void there. And then we got to be prepared to, to stop that. And when we get that, if we can slow that down, they're going to be unafraid to go to the air some or start trying to – leave somebody unblocked and try to read somebody and, and make the plays that way. So it'll be a challenging night for our defense. You mentioned running the ball. They got the guy to do that. And Kelby Gard, he, he rushed for 188, 185 yards a year ago, nine touchdowns, 151 carries. And uh, this is a little bowling ball that we see from time to time, 5'9", 190 pounds. He's got a great name for a 5'9", 190 guy, Kelby Gard. <laughs> <laughs> well, he runs physical, but that's nothing new at our conference. You know, I'd – you know, last year the Wilson kid from Seneca is one of the best, most one of the best combination power backs and speed backs I've ever seen. And so we're used to seeing those kind of backs. Yeah, you know, he's a tough physical runner. He's hard nosed. He doesn't want one guy to bring him down. So it's going to be a lot of guys trying to get to the football and and take him to the ground. Now they watch. I watched video today. I saw a lot of spread as well. They put three, four guys out there uh, and uh, not not afraid to throw the ball around the field. Looked like. Yeah, and you know that's that's some of the problems that they present is the ability to run the football and then to throw it as well but once again you know if if you're playing well on defense and you you can take away certain things they start digging a little deeper in that playbook and those are the things that they don't do as well so let's switch to the defensive side and uh, what do you expect over there well we don't really know for sure Um, we have film of them from last year of course they did not have a jamboree so all we have of them from this year is the game against Monette and if if people are asking why, uh, that's hard to tell is because Monette's a, a veer team. Mm-hmm. And teams are going to defend a veer team different than they're going to defend most of their teams. You're going to have guys run to the dive, guys run to the quarterback, guys soft playing the pitch, or guys soft playing quarterback to pitch. So, um, you know, we, we know they're a 4-3 base. Um, typically, against double tight teams, they'll roll down to a five-man front. Um, so we're expecting some odd and even fronts, a little bit of both. Um, I think we'll start. They'll start in an odd front, and if, if we're having success off tackle and uh, to the alley like we like to run, I think we can see a six-man front at times. So, uh, 
They run to the ball well, um, very disappointed, and they were very physical against Monette. Mike, you know, you talked about the final score being 20-13. to 13. Two of Monette's touchdowns were on pick sixes, so Monette only managed one offensive touchdown. So very physical defense. They fly the ball, and any time you hold Monette to one offensive touchdown, you're playing pretty well. So I, we'll, we'll see a pretty stout defense. We'll have to be playing well and executing at a high level. Well, we'll see what happens with uh, Hollister coming up on Friday night. Uh, you know, play your next two at home, uh, Cassville next week, Hollister this week. But I uh, uh, got a feeling based off of last week and uh, coming back to play at home, going to uh, maybe get a little bump on the attendance uh, this week. And it uh, should be an exciting night to, to be back at Logan Field. Well, it always is, you know, and I appreciate the fans. Even last year when we had that young team and had so many injuries and so many struggles, we still had a pretty good crowd at our games. And always appreciate that about Nevada fans and um, you know, it's just it's just a fun team to watch. You know, Mike, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, of course, the first thing I get from some media outlets is how many games do you think you can win? I'm like, man, we just played one game. <laughs> and, you know. Uh, you still got Murder's Row coming up. Yes, we do. And, and you know, you, you just now said that. And, you know, another media outlet I talked to earlier today talked about, you know, Hollister is obviously pretty good playing Monette that tough. And then we have Cassville, Lamar. Um, Monette and Seneca the next five games. So that that's that's a rough, tough road right there. But our kids just have, just have to continue to play well. And one thing you won't see from them is a lot of quit. They're, I think they'll fight to the final horn sounds. And, and that's it's fun to have kids with that kind of mentality and that kind of mindset. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, you're talking about tennis. I can tell you that uh, I, I have no idea what the radio numbers were. But I can tell you our audience on the Vedamo TV, that number was twice as big as the previous – high so that we doubled what our previous high was in total number of viewers on the beta motif for tv for friday, for a friday night football game so was, well, that, that tells you right off that's yeah, right there that's awesome and we really appreciate the support like it's a good bunch of kids i mean they they play the game the right way and we're not always going to be the best team on the field and we're not always going to be superior athletically or size wise in fact size wise it'll be rare that we're the superior mm-hmm. team but they're, they're a good bunch of kids, and they're working hard to try to make Nevada proud and play the game the right way. Let's take a look at the rest of the Big A Conference last week. In case you want to get up to speed, uh, besides Nevada's 38-26 win over Logan Rogersville, uh, the Lamar Tigers under new, their new head coach and Jared Beshore, they didn't lose a beat. They beat Springfield Catholic 56-12. to A high-scoring game saw Aurora over McDonald County 50-36. to uh, Seneca winning over Marshfield 34-30. to See how that ended? Seneca went, uh, threw a half towel, half back yeah. option pass to win that down the stretch yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, who would have thought Seneca yeah. <laughs> threw a half back option pass? 34 30 over Marshfield. It was Mount Vernon over Cassville, a heck of a ball game, 21 13. Reed Spring over East Newton, 41 7. As we've already mentioned, Monette over Hollister, 20 13. Of course, we're playing a Big A Conference crossover games right now between the West and East divisions. Uh, it was the West going on the road last week to play at the East. If you're keeping track, Nevada, uh, the West went 4 and 3. So a pretty good week for the West Division, all with all the teams playing on the road uh, last week. This week, besides Hollister at Nevada, again, this week it's the East Division teams going to the West. Reed Spring will be at Lamar. Both those teams are 1-0. Springfield Catholic at McDonald County. Logan Rogersville will travel to Seneca, Aurora at Monette, and Mount Vernon will be at East Newton. And that is the uh, this rest of the Big 8 schedule coming up on Friday. We don't play either one of these teams, but what did you think of that Joplin-Web City outcome? 41-40 Joplin. Well, that's that's two teams that if you're not playing or your hometown team's not playing in late October, November, those are two teams that are fun to go watch and um, just some great football. And, you know, that's one thing uh, that I didn't always like 
how much I've moved around, but I've got to coach against a lot of these guys and just can can appreciate some of the athletes and some of the potential mm -hmm. D1 type players that are on the field when those two lock horns. That's a, that's a major matchup in this area. A lot of people thought, jo me included, thought Joplin would fall off with uh, with graduating 22 seniors some year ago and some really special athletes, but apparently they've reloaded, if you yeah. go by that anyway. I, I think they signed five or six to college scholarships, and mm -hmm. a couple of them were D1. So, yeah, they, they lost some really good players, but uh, doing a good job down there keeping it rolling. Absolutely. Well, we hope that Nevada keeps it rolling as well. Uh, f wrap it up with uh, what do you see to your keys on Friday night. I think Mike, we we got to match their physicality. I mean, they're 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 going to be tough downhill team. We we have to be able to step up and, and contain the rushing attack, and and they're probably feeling the same way. They're, I mean, they they know we average ten yards a carry or closer. They saw they saw how our backs run, how our line blocks. So, I think it's going to be the. the Line of scrimmage is going to be a huge factor, and I think whichever team can throw a, a few more wrinkles, and if, if it turns into a you know stalemate trying to pound it at each other, whichever team can throw a few wrinkles in there and and make some good calls and execute some good plays at the right time might come out on top. But you know, just physically, they're impressive to watch, and we're going to have to, we're going to, have to be able to match their their attitude and the way they play, or we're going to be in trouble. Look forward to it Friday night. Coach, keep it rolling. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, Mike. Tiger head coach Wes Beetzer. When we come back, we'll be talking Lady Tiger softball with Nevada head coach Danny Pan after this timeout on Tiger Talk. Emory's Truck Stop is open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They will be following the recommended space seating guidelines for now while taking all precautions to keep you safe. Emory's Truck Stop with daily lunch specials and steak night on Friday nights. Emory's Truck Stop on the south side of 54 Highway in Deerfield. They are looking forward to seeing you again. The restaurant is open from 6 till 2 Sunday through Tuesday and 6 to 8 Wednesday through Saturday. The convenience store is open 5.30 till 10 daily and they have 24-hour pay-at-the-pump fuel sales at Emory's Truck Stop in Deerfield. Hi, it's MyNevadaMo.com again reminding you we are Nevada's Community Bulletin Board. We post current and upcoming community events, government phone numbers from city to federal, a business directory, a parks and rec page, and school activities. Speaking of school, MyNevadaMo.com would like to congratulate our students and our sports teams. Our Tigers demonstrate the spirit, sportsmanship, and values that make this country great and make Nevada a great place to live. You make us proud on the field and in the classroom. MyNevadaMo.com is rooting for you. Did someone say, let's go four-wheeling? No one said you have to be standing still to meditate. Go get that ATV, RTV, and motorcycle to ride and feel free. Eldorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment can assist you in finding the right meditation vehicle or the right piece of steel outdoor power equipment or even a Country Clippers zero-turn mower. They are constantly adding new inventory, ATVs, motorcycles, dirt bikes, UTVs, scooters, and more. Located at 3270 South Highway 32 in Eldorado Springs, Missouri. Your outdoor equipment headquarters. Peerless architectural windows and doors built windows that go from Fort Scott, Kansas to skylines across America. They believe in providing the best products made in America by Americans. Specializing in high-performance aluminum windows and doors for multifamily, office, schools, military, and historic projects, they are engineers pioneering new technologies that drive bold advances in window designs. They are industry leaders offering unrivaled products and capabilities. Peerless is helping America in the race to an energy-efficient nation. let them know he's safe. Shelter Insurance does the same for you. Roadside assistance is now included with your auto policy. So if your car leaves you stranded, 
Just call and we'll take care of you while you take care of what's most important. Find an agent at shelterinsurance.com. We're your shield. We're your shelter. Some restrictions apply. For details, see Amy Cameron in Nevada. Welcome back to Tiger Talk on this Wednesday night. Thanks for joining us as we're going to change uh, sports and go to uh, Lady Tiger softball, the Bay Lady Tigers. We thought at this point we'd have a couple of games to talk about. So far, they're 0 for 2 and uh, getting cooperation from the weather once at home and once on the road. But certainly still have a, a large number of games coming up over the next few days with tournament play this weekend and a crowded schedule early next week and in the middle of the week next week as well. So plenty of softball coming up for the Bay Lady Tigers. We welcome in Lady Tiger head coach Danny Penn. Danny, how are you? Doing well today, Mike. Thanks. Good. Uh, well, since we didn't have a, a game action to talk about in the last two days, we're going to kind of rehash some things you and I have already talked about, but maybe for some listeners, it'll be the first time they've heard about it uh, on this for on this program anyway. So obviously, uh, you made a nice run a year ago, as, uh, getting all the way to the state, state quarterfinals. Uh, of course, dropped a, a, that game to a very good Savannah team uh, on the road at Savannah, so and lost three seniors off that team. So high expectations coming out obviously talented players you have to have to replace but still high expectations going into the season with, with what you're bringing back yeah absolutely um and like you said losing three seniors to graduation it, it leaves a big hole to fill uh each of those three young ladies in their own way contributed significantly to our program both on the field and off the field and so we have taken steps to try to fill the physical holes that have been left, you know, the positions that they played, but uh, we're still working on filling some of those leadership roles. Some of our now upperclassmen, juniors and seniors have done a really nice job stepping into those shoes. And, uh, you know, until you're actually in a leadership role, sometimes you take for granted how that works. And so some of our players have kind of come to appreciate the leadership that those three last year displayed for us. Uh, but like you said, we do have high expectations this year. Uh, we bring back a number of very experienced, talented softball players. Uh, as we talked Monday before our, we got rained out with Web City, we have uh, some talented freshmen that are joining our program this year that we're excited about. And so, you know, we are we were hopeful, like you said, we'd have two games in by now and have a little bit of experience and uh, a couple games of reps you know that we could use to kind of take a measure of where we're at right now but unfortunately we just Mm -hmm. haven't had that opportunity yet well for like all fall sports teams and athletic programs in general a different summer uh to go through a different off season and different preseason for that matter uh but uh with what you went through in the spring with having your sport and baseball completely wiped out i'm sure you've been uh, you've been okay with uh, trying to deal with that yeah absolutely and in the grand scheme of things uh we've been really fortunate here we've not had an outbreak we've not had uh any of our players their families that were significantly affected um and so yeah the precautions that misha is asking us to take wearing face masks trying to socially distance if though if those are the steps that we have to take to ensure that we have a season and we get to play then that's something that we're going to do every day of the week um losing the spring baseball that was tough for me i know it was tough for our players i know a lot of the current lady tiger softball players had a spring sport that they were anticipating participating in as well and so we try to frequently remind them, you know, these are the steps that we have to take if we're going to play. We're excited about our season. We're excited about the opportunities we have. We want to make sure that we do everything that we can to ensure that we're able to play a full season. And going forward, do you, do you have to have a kind of a, a plan B and a plan C in mind, knowing that uh, you may you may be missing some people for a little while, uh, just in case something happens? Absolutely. We, we always stress, whether it's baseball, softball, 
versatility is a weapon. If you can play three or four different positions on the field to a high level, that's going to be something that really helps our team and helps you individually make sure that you see time on the field. Um, and so absolutely trying to build in that depth and the ability to play multiple positions is something that we've tried to do uh, in the preceding, preceding weeks. And that's actually what we worked on at practice yesterday. It's what we worked on practice today, just trying to get a lot of girls reps in a lot of different spots. So like you say, if we are without a player for two weeks, we're able to fill that hole. If we're out a couple players a couple weeks, then we've got players who at least have some experience playing there. And, you know, they don't find themselves playing third base for the first time in their life. And so just trying to build uh, that depth is something that is going to be important to us this year. Well, they've had a couple of letdowns this week in losing uh, the Web City date on Monday and then uh, probably anxious to open conference play yesterday uh, on the road at Cassville. Weather hasn't cooperated. So uh, emotionally, uh, is that, a, is that a kind of a tough letdown at this point? It is. Um, you know, I personally and selfishly, I haven't been in a game since whatever the last game of seventh grade girls basketball was last December. And so I know some of our athletes are in the same situation where they haven't actually competed for a really long time. And so there's the buildup, the buildup, the buildup, you know, Monday, everybody's, we're going to wear brand new uniforms. We're excited <laughs> about that. We show up and then sure enough, uh, weather doesn't cooperate. And so had some down spirits Monday, but yesterday we were able to practice outside and had a pretty good practice in the same thing today. And so we're just trying to continually say, let's just do what we have to do so that we're able to play when given that opportunity. You have some glaring spots you had to replace, first of all, behind the plate uh, with uh, losing uh, Haley Lundin and uh, a couple other spots as well. Lost a very good starting pitcher uh, who could also play at second base as well. So how have you gone about filling those roles? Yeah, absolutely. Again, those three seniors uh, do leave some big shoes and to fill. Outfielder. Yeah, absolutely. So behind the plate, um, last year, Kirsten Buck, as a freshman, did catch for us a little bit at the varsity level. We were able to get her a lot more junior varsity reps as well. So she's someone that we feel confident can handle those duties very well. Um, that said, she plays a really solid third base, and having a strong left side of the infield is huge um, in softball. And so our projected starter right now would be Bailey Ost, who is a junior. She's played in, the, in center field the last two years, has done a really good job. Uh, has a very strong understanding of the game, is not afraid to be vocal. And so she's someone who we think can step into that role and do a really nice job. She has worked extremely hard in practices. She's uh, stayed after practice a number of times, just trying to learn the craft as quickly as she can. And just like Haley last year, if you looked at her first five games behind the plate and compared it to the last five games behind the plate, there was a marked difference. And I think that Bailey is going to see the same improvement. Uh, and then our third candidate to catch the varsity level is going to be Kara Phillips. She's a freshman. Uh, when she's not catching, she's going to man center field for us. Just an extremely talented young lady. Um, very gifted in the softball sense. Still learning the game. Um, and, and ideally, she's going to catch a lot at the junior varsity level this year just to try to gain those game reps so that if her number is called in a varsity contest, she'll be ready to go. So we, we realistically feel pretty good about our catchers. Um, now in the circle, we bring back Abby Harder, who did throw the majority of our innings last year. She's going to have to do the same thing this year. That said, we do have Malia Hinton, who's a senior, who hasn't pitched a ton at the varsity level, due mostly to injury, but she's had a really good uh, preseason. She's ready to go. And then again, Kirsten Buck. Uh, we kind of keep saying her name. She can play all over the diamond. Uh, she's probably going to be our number three pitcher. Uh, does a nice job of changing speeds and someone that we can rely on as well. So we've got three pitchers who can play the position. Um, all three of them have worked really hard on 
being able to change speeds, be able to live down in the strike zone, and hopefully induce a lot of weak contact. Offensively, he, uh, he produced a, a pretty lofty, a pretty lofty uh, team batting average a year ago, uh, led by Claire Pritchett, who was around the 500 mark, I think, by the time the season ended. So uh, offensively, you feel like you can keep that standard. Yeah, that's that's our hope. Um, now, Haley had a nice batting average. Maggie had a nice batting average. Uh, Madison as well they were all hitting in the 300s and so once again we do have to replace their productivity uh, but we feel really good like I said we've got a couple of freshmen that we think are going to be successful um, it may take them a few games to kind of get their footing and and get adjusted to the, the speed of the varsity game and then um, Blair Wilson who's a senior played a little bit last year she's going to be our starter in left field she's worked really hard to um, fine-tune her swing and we look for her to have a solid season as well. well let's move forward to the, the season a little bit. And once it finally gets started, and uh, let's start, first of all, with a game tomorrow uh, against Reed Spring. Uh, your schedule, that will, that will now serve as your home opener. Weather forecast, knock on wood, does look good <laughs> uh, to take on the Lady Wolves. Uh, this is a team that uh, has been a bit of a handful the last couple of years. But uh, this is a team that's been hit hard uh, with some graduation losses and uh, gave up 27 runs to Carl Junction just recently. So, you know, they're going to be, I guess, kind of trying to come in and to try to see. They're probably on that path where they want to see improvement. Yeah. Um, like you said, graduation did hit that team hard. And the last couple of years, they've been really solid. They've had a relatively dominant pitcher in the circle. And in high school softball, as we've seen, a dominant pitcher can just do wonders for a team. So uh, they struggled early in the season. But that said, they've played a couple of games and we haven't. So maybe they've had a chance to work out some of those uh, first game jitters, so to speak. And we definitely cannot take them for granted. We have to make sure that uh, we're 100% locked in and focused. And I think you and I have talked previously about Coach Wolf and myself. Our challenge to our team is to legitimately try to win every inning. Don't get a two or three run lead and then just coast, but keep looking to add on. Keep being sharp. Make sure that when you walk off the field, you don't have any reservations. You know, We keep coming back to it, but mm-hmm. no one knows the last time that we're going to be on the field this year. And so we don't want to walk off the field thinking, man, I could have played harder. I could have done better if I had just done this and so um you know a long-winded way of just saying that we, re- we really want to make sure that we're playing the best softball we can regardless of our opponent varsity jv doubleheader begins at uh, 4 30 tomorrow at bushwhacker field you're certainly more than welcome to attend just uh if you want to uh, bring your lawn chair spread around the field and uh keep your distances uh, around that's plenty of, there's plenty of room around the around the ballpark even on the hillside uh, yep. uh novak hill up there if you want to go sit up there uh but uh over I, there by lion stadium and i will add tomorrow we are going to celebrate senior night as well i was well. going to ask okay. that question okay. uh that because uh, there was some conjecture whether or not that was going to happen so uh, that is going to go ahead and take place yep we're going to go ahead and celebrate our seniors tomorrow uh 4 15 right before the varsity game starts yeah in case people aren't unaware uh, a lot of most all sports are adjusting their senior nights uh too early in the season because certainly uh, you never know what might happen in later in the year so they want to make sure they get those in uh so that will be uh, after the after the varsity game right? yeah i think i just misspoke it's not going to be between games so after the varsity okay. game before jv okay very good and then on friday and saturday as we mentioned you got a busy schedule coming up despite the rainouts you've had here recently you're going to crowd some games in uh and you'll we'll still see web city this week because you have them in your pool at the uh, joplin tournament coming up on friday and saturday joplin pool uh, joplin tournament a little smaller this year because they've they have some out-of-state uh, programs that have some travel restrictions so they've had to normally i think it's three pools this year they have two is that right and yeah. uh, so but still quality field yeah we're still going to get five games in two days we're playing like you said we've got tomorrow's conference game then we've got three games friday two games saturday so six games in three days um we talked about depth and players playing new positions we're going to take advantage 
uh, having so many games in such a short period of time and really try to get our girls a lot of experience in a number of different positions. Your pool has a web city, as we just mentioned, Seneca and the Osho. Um, Seneca is 0-1 to start their season, uh, not uh, uh, quite clear on the Neosho record at this point they've played yet or not, but how do you see your pool anyway? Uh, we think it's going to be a tough tool, a tough pool, excuse me. Um, Web City's always a solid program. We talked briefly about that Monday pregame. Neosho's program's on the rise, and Seneca, uh, they always have a solid team. I don't know how their team this year compares to last year. I don't know how graduation affected them, but uh, definitely an opportunity for us to have some good games against quality opponents to, again, see where we measure up early in the year. As in Pool B, uh, Pool A is Joplin, Monette, Carl Junction, and Carl, there's still a lot of schools around the, the Joplin area taking part this year and what is the Paige Neal Christina Freeman softball tournament uh, sponsored by Joplin Sports Authority on Friday and Saturday as you said pool play on uh, Friday then your game times will be dictated by your pool when you have to fill on Saturday right yeah yeah uh, how we do Friday will in determine when we play on Saturday all right then you get right back at it again early next week uh, uh, you're gonna see a uh, Bolivar uh, early next week next Tuesday as a matter of fact after the holiday they're off to a five and one start uh, according to the measure records so uh, obviously a good program there yeah Bolivar is another solid program uh, I believe Katie Brooks is a Kansas University commit we saw her pitch against us last year we actually had some some success against her last year uh, but I'm sure she's raring <laughs> to go and looking to maybe get a little bit of payback against us and so yeah uh, Bolivar will be another quality team and tough game on Tuesday yeah Nevada plays three straight days next week uh, also play Wednesday at Harrisonville and Thursday against Seneca and uh and Big A conference play so and speaking of the Big A conference softball is a little different than the other sports where not all the schools play at the same time of the year. Some uh, opt to play softball in the spring. And uh, so as a result, you have instead of divisions, you have one conference uh, and softball. So uh, what's your early read on, on conference play this year? Like you said, early is probably the key word. Uh, McDonald County, we saw in our jamboree, they look pretty solid like normal. Have a formidable one-two pitching staff. Um, Logan Rogersville was a very young team last year. I think they were dominated. They had like 19 of 21 of their players were underclassmen and that was a tough team they, they beat us in a close game and so we expect that they're going to be a, a tough competition yeah, again. right now yeah absolutely i think that logan rogersville is going to be one of the better teams in the area uh, regardless of class and so i'd probably say mac and logan rogersville would probably be uh top two teams in the conference at least well, early on yeah if you want to mark it on the calendar then beta will host logan rogersville uh, coming up in a couple of weeks on uh, september the 15th so on that Tuesday, so uh, that'll certainly be one you may want to get out there and see uh, two quality opponents uh, going at it. Normally, we could sit here and talk to you about district play, or at least what we think district might look like, but we have no idea at this point because uh, districts and classifications are not going to be announced until after September 11th. Uh, because again, schools have until September 11th to determine whether or not they want to play an alternate fall season in the spring or not. So. Uh, it, it could be anything at this point. It really could. And, you know, it's a cliche, one of the coaches' favorites, but we really are just taking it one day at a time right now, Mike. Um, you know, we're, want, we're looking ahead to see what we have to plan for, but we're not looking too far into the future because – Again, we don't want to take any single day for granted. Yep, but it'll be it's gonna be fun to see how it comes out. I mean, if there's still if there's still four classes, if you know if you're gonna be playing districts in a place you never thought you would play, <laughs> absolutely, it truly is you know just a great unknown. Who knows how it's all gonna shake out? Well, as long as you're playing, I guess that's okay. Absolutely, that we just want to play softball. All right, well, we wish you the best of luck uh, coming up tomorrow and this weekend. Very busy schedule coming up, and uh, we look forward to we'll be carrying a, a good chunk of that. Uh, we won't be at the tournament at Joppa on Friday and Saturday. 
Saturday, but we will have the game against Reed Spring uh, tomorrow and Seneca at least next Thursday, a uh, week from uh, tomorrow on the 10th, and you never know when we might pop up with another one there as well. So appreciate the time, Danny, and we'll look forward to, to seeing you next time. All right, Michael, we always appreciate your coverage, so feel free to drop by any time. Nevada Lady Tiger head softball coach Danny Penn will come back, and I'll wrap up tonight's Tiger Talk after this timeout on Tiger Talk. At Nevada Auto Mall, Danny Deals and his crew are always working hard to trade for the four states' best pre-owned inventory. Come check out this 2015 Fiat 500 Sport with only 29,900 miles. That's now $10,998 or $172 a month. Or how about this 2015 Chrysler 200C with leather, moonroof, the safety tech package, and low miles for $15,996 or $249 a month. Great vehicles like these and more are only at Nevada Auto Mall, the place where you get your deal. 4.9% months with, credit. with warm days coming to an end, think Sutherland's home base of Nevada with everything you need to get that house and outside area ready for the colder months. From products for your windows, heaters, pipes, and everything in between, Sutherland's will make sure you are prepared for the upcoming months. Sutherland's home base, 2101 East Austin, Nevada. Great products, great people, low prices. Kyla, know what I love most about our community? What, Sabrina? Our schools? Well, yes, we have great schools. And our beautiful parks. I do love those, too. Historic buildings? Those, too. You know, there are a lot of things that make this community great, but most of all, it's the people. Of course. And what I love most is getting to help them every day. Yep, that's pretty great. Great Southern Bank, proud to be part of our great community. Member FDIC. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse is more than just barbecue. They offer a full menu in-house and can customize limited menus catered specifically to your needs. They are open for an incredible dining experience and will do curbside orders as well. All servers are wearing masks and all employees are going the extra mile so you and your family can have a great meal. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse wishes the Nevada Tigers good luck in tonight's game. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse at 2500 East Austin in Nevada. Call 667-422 Oh, that do it for Tiger Talk tonight here on AM 1240 KDM, or if you're listening online at KDMKNMO.com, or maybe even after the fact on the Double K Country Podcast channel. Appreciate you joining us tonight. Of course, thanks to our guest, Nevada Tiger football coach Wes Beachler, along with Nevada Lady Tiger basketball head softball coach Danny Penn. Appreciate them joining us on tonight's program on this Wednesday evening. we got a lot of broadcasts coming away over the next few days for Nevada Athletics. That'll start tomorrow with Nevada Lady Tigers softball as they look to get that elusive season opener in. Again, they're 0 for 2, trying to deal with the weather. But uh, things look promising for tomorrow when Nevada takes on the Lady Wolves of Reed Spring. And that'll be held tomorrow at Bushwhacker Field beginning at 4.30 with the varsity. JV will follow. They are going to hold their senior night activities after the varsity game tomorrow for the five seniors. will be recognized tomorrow. The fifth will be recognized at a later date and so that'll be occurring after the varsity game tomorrow but Andrew Pitkin will have the play-by-play for you tomorrow afternoon pregame beginning at 4 15 that'll be on AM 1240 KNEM or again listen online at knemknmo.com I'll be at Wynn Gymnasium tomorrow night when the Nevada Lady Tiger volleyball team opens up their season by taking on the Lady Mountaineers of Mount Vernon that is a big a conference crossover game against Lady Mountaineers 
Freshman, JV, and varsity action beginning at 5 o'clock at Wynn Gymnasium. Again, if you're going to attend, they do have some social distancing rules in effect that you'll need to be aware of. And uh, so keep that in mind if you're going to come into Wynn Gymnasium tomorrow night for the Lady Tiger volleyball action against Mount Vernon. I'll have the uh, covers for you. It'll be on Nevada Mo TV at NevadaMoTV.com. Participate airtime being around 7, 7.15 tomorrow night, but again on our online video channel only at NevadaMoTV.com. Friday, of course, we've got high school football coming your way. The Nevada Tigers coming out that thrilling win last Friday night against Logan Rogersville. Look to keep it rolling as they'll take on uh, the Hollister Tigers at uh, Logan Field Friday night. That kickoff will be at 7 o'clock. I'll have the pregame for you beginning at 6.20. Bill Foster joining me for the broadcast this Friday evening. That'll be on AM 1240 KNEM on Friday evening. And as well, that's KNEMKNMO.com and on NevadaMoTV.com, of course, on Friday as well. Andrew will be on the road. Actually, he'll not be on the road. He'll be on the road technically, but he'll be doing a home date for the Liberal Bulldogs and their uh, Western Missouri Conference, actually non-conference action against the Orioles of Concordia High School. It is a non-conference game. Liberal playing eight-man football against Concordia, which is up on I-70 in between Kansas City and uh, Columbia. So he'll have that action for you on Friday on 97.5 FM KNMO and the FM audio stream. His airtime is at 6.40 before the 7 o'clock kickoff. Of course, we have more coverage of things coming your way early next week as well as we are full tilt now into the fall sports season. I look forward to bringing it all to you on all of our outlets on KDM, KNMO, as well as our audio streams and on NevadaMoTV.com. Invite you to stay tuned. Of course, St. Louis Cardinal Baseball being played over on our sister station, 97.5 FM KNMO, as they look for the three-game sweep in uh, Cincinnati against the Reds. We'll join the remainder of that game in progress here momentarily on AM 1240 KNEM. Come back and join me again next Wednesday night. We'll be on both sides of the dial next Wednesday on 97.5 FM KNMO, as well as AM 1240 KNEM for our next edition of Tiger Talk. It'll be next Wednesday night at 6.05. Until then, thanks for joining us. I'm the voice of the Tigers, Mike Harvey saying thanks for joining us for Tiger Talk on Double K Country. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Tiger Talk on Double K Country. Tiger Talk is brought to you each week by 54 Feed and Seed, 54 Veterinary Clinic, American Family Insurance Agent Jan Tate, Buzz's Barbecue, El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, Emory's Truck Stop, Ferry Funeral Home, First National Bank, MyNevadaMo.com, Nevada Auto Mall, Nevada Family Dentistry, Peerless Products, Smith Insurance Agency, Sutherland's Home Base, The Plumbing Shop, and Thorpe's Appliances. Join us next week at 6.05 for Tiger Talk on your source for sports in southwest Missouri and southeast Kansas, AM 1240 KNEM and 97.5 FM KNMO in Nevada, Double K Country.